Hello, chat. Yes, we are being acknowledged by the looks of it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Slightly Something Else. I'm Yancy Crucial, joined by Marty Sleever. Hello, everybody. And we're talking about weird controls, or more specifically, mm-hmm. weird controllers. Because some people on Twitter seemed a bit confused. They were talking about tank controls in old PS1 games and the way you used to play Katamari Damacy with the two analog sticks. Yeah. But you wanted to talk f- about physical controllers, didn't you? Yeah, I had the idea from, well, from two things. One, that uh, Switch Sports came out, which is sort of the, the oh, yes. sequel to, to Wii Sports, um, but doesn't I seem to that. be nearly as big as um, Wii Sports. And then the other thing is I got my Playdate, which is the little the little crank machine, and I've been oh, cranking yes. away with it. Now that is so, interesting. Um, I have been interested to see what they do with that. In fact, I think I said before, I might be more interested in developing games for it than actually playing it. Yeah, that's. I'm. I'm really excited for for folks to sort of start diving into the waters and make some really strange things for it. But yeah, it got me thinking about sort of the long lineage of, uh, you know, the highs and lows of bizarre plastic controllers and peripherals that we've had, you know, throughout our time in games. Well, let me just say that uh, controllers used to be a lot more varied, especially mm-hmm. before the invention of the PlayStation DualShock, which was sort of the template. Uh, the standard model for controllers going forward. Basically, mm-hmm. everything since then has been based on that design. No bad thing, I say. You don't want to have to wrestle with a new piece of hardware every time you want to play a new game. And uh, I'm, of course, old enough to remember the sort of peak of the Guitar Hero Wii era when everyone's mm-hmm. play spaces was cluttering up with a load of plastic bullshit. And <laughs> yeah, it definitely felt like a bubble burst uh, right yeah. around then. Honestly, I'm not terribly keen to go back to that time. Yeah. But, yeah, but do you have like like going back to like when you were when you were growing up? Like, do you have like were you just like, well, I'm going to play with whatever the you know standard controller is, or did you ever dabble in some of the weirder stuff in the games that required the different weird things? I never really in the arcade space. Mm-hmm. That was always a pretty fascinating thing to go uh, play one of them flight simulators or your your space harrier with the whole fully moving chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I guess my point is that that sort of thing does work pretty well in an arcade sector, but in the public mm-hmm. sector, people don't want to have to unplug and plug new stuff in for every new thing. Much as one yeah. can create a very unique experience with a unique controller. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, it could, I, I, I get what you're saying there, because it could feel like those, um, a lot of those sort of arcade experiences were. I guess gimmicky, for lack of a better word, and yeah. that's fine in like a small amount. But if you're paying, you know, fifty or in the case of a lot of these things, way more than the price of a regular game um, on them, like, are you really going to want to stick with it for five, ten, twenty, forty hours? It's sort of bespoke immersion. You can craft a controller specifically for getting the most out of one specific game, rather than yeah. you know just defaulting to the thing that everyone's just muscle memoried all up on. So they mm-hmm. can just play without thinking about it too much. Absolutely. You know, you know what I've always liked as a concept was the old Steel Battalion thing. Yeah, that's what we had in our in our art uh, right at the top of the page. So that's yes. that's I know in my mind that's one of the if you tried to say like what's a weird controller that's probably the first thing that comes to mind. They used to sell these massive control banks covered in like superfluous buttons. Mm-hmm. So you could have to reach over and pull levers and press like five buttons to activate all the missile banks or whatever. And I think yeah. that spoke to something very instinctual 
mm-hmm. in the mind of like he brings out that little boy instinct of wanting to be a train driver or yeah, a forklift operator, someone in control <laughs> yeah. of a big piece of machinery. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because that's you know that was supposed to replicate the uh, the, the cockpit of the mech you were in, um, mm. and yeah, it had I think it was like two hundred two hundred fifty bucks or something. Only worked at the Steel Battalion games. I, the thing I remember vividly is that it had this like eject button, and mm. if you were about to lose, you needed to hit the eject button because if you blew up with you still inside your mech, it would literally erase your save. So it like brought like a sense of urgency of where you would need to like lift the little cap, yeah, yeah, and then hit the, the eject plastic, button. Had the little yeah. plastic cover on it. That was the best part. <laughs> yeah, which is like <clears throat> that's the most like anime bullshit ever, which I I really really love. Did you know there was a Steel Battalion for Connect? There was, yeah, and I heard it was like like legitimately one of the worst Steel Battalion games, it or was one abs- of the worst Connect games. Yeah, it was absolute dog shit. As yeah. was. Uh, <laughs> basically everything they tried to do on the connect that was supposed to be more about core gaming than just gimmicky yeah. party fun yeah yeah uh do you know a fun fact you know who developed that connect steel battalion game um someone who should have known better and should have been sent to bed without supper from software <laughs> who from software well, yeah, what do from you know? Soft it. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I I do not think that was any of probably the human beings who were working on uh, the the Souls games at the time, because I believe it was after Dark Souls one, before Dark Souls two. Never meet your heroes, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, there's something very cathartic about just having a big solid machine to press buttons on you know when you used to go to a science museum when you were a kid press all the buttons yeah we like tactile button sensation that's why the connect thing didn't work you're supposed to sort of press virtual buttons and lean forward and pull the lever that isn't there yeah yeah that is the thing is like as much as we were like we don't want to fill our room with a bunch of chunky plastic things like the chunky plastic plasticness was sort of the thing that gave us that you know, tactile enjoyment, and that's something that, like, Connect tried to... It was just never, you know, never advanced enough to sort of replicate the whole minority report thing of, of, of you know, swiping through pages and everything and saying enhance and, and I don't know. Did yeah. you ever... Was there ever a Connect thing that you enjoyed? Um, no. <laughs> in, no. <laughs> in I think the tactile feedback of pressing buttons is an important part of the gaming experience. Yeah. I liked I liked playing Guitar Hero back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I have fond memories of when I was a kid playing Commodore and Amiga games with a joy with a one button joystick. Mm-hmm. And playing a game that was about you know flying around and avoiding obstacles. And I'd like I could I would literally instinctively move my entire body to pull the joystick. Yeah, sure, sure. Of course, having one um, button and presented its own problems. Yeah, like uh, there were. Commodore 64 games where uh, they had this very exotic selection of things that you could do just by holding down a button and pressing in a direction because that was all you could do. So to change weapons, you have to hold down a button and press down to open the menu and press in left and right. That's like an example of like design by limitation that we talk yeah. about a lot. How Yeah, interesting. Yeah, still was having yeah. the complete opposite of that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was clearly like for the like 
real like enthusiast fans like the people who had like money to burn in their pockets and were like ah i finally my my i can create my cockpit at home it's the same thing with yeah. uh you know there are steering wheels there's still people who build like little race car cockpits for stuff like that steering wheel controllers have you ever indulged yeah. in a steering wheel controller uh i had one early on for the n64 of all consoles and i remember it worked with like cruising usa and beetle adventure racing and mario kart but it was like uh, why would i i think i got it as a gift from like a from sort of like an uncle and so it was one of those things where it was very cool in in theory but uh in actuality like there's no way anyone could play mario kart well well I, I rephrase that. I'm sure like someone's beaten Dark Souls with a steering wheel, but yeah. there's no way I could play Mario Kart well with uh, with with that sort of setup. Someone's beaten Dark Souls with a Guitar Hero controller as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It. yeah. Yeah. It's funny. The uh, early... Uh, uh, for, for growing up, the, the company I associate most with the weird peripheral stuff was Nintendo. Mm. Um, you know, obviously starting out with the, the NES, like originated with the zapper. So you had your, um, you know, you had your little light gun with duck yeah. hunt and everything. Yeah. Light guns, steering um, wheels. These are easier to justify because there are many driving games and many shooting games in the world. Yeah. Yeah. But then you get to the weirder things. Like, I think we, I think we, I feel like we talked about it in the last couple of weeks, the power glove, you know, which they kind of used as a they, well, they was, backdoor advertised it. In yeah. The, that was supposed to be a universal controller, though, wasn't it? Not just for one specific game. Yeah, but they only ended up making it. There were two specific games that were sort of like glove games, and then you were, in theory, able to use it on anything, but it was just incredibly cumbersome to use on, you know, Mario or Zelda or Metroid or Mega Man or anything like that. Yeah, there's a reason why the uh, smartwatch has never really taken off hugely. Because... Uh, because you can only because you can only use one hand to press the buttons. Yeah, yeah. And also, you can't really use your thumbs. Yeah. So I guess in, like the only thing you can do is something incredibly simple at that point. Like you, it, yeah. it can't really you know break the mold at all. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. that is interesting. But then you know, I always wonder what the potential was in the Guitar Hero controller, as if you could do stuff other than guitar games. I mean, obviously, um, pretty much every game would be about playing a guitar, but you could do that in different contexts. Like, what if you had a um, guitar game where you were driving around in a van and uh, you press the buttons on the left and right to steer left and right and use the, the fret board or whatever it is yeah. to uh, accelerate or reverse? Yeah. And then so you could use that to drive around and then... Um, then play a show after you've driven there. <laughs> so you're in your mind, is this a world where like, does the, does the control method exist in the world of the fiction of this game? Like if you would get into a car in that game, would it look like, would the steering wheel look like a guitar? So you'd be like replicating picture, how this person is driving. I picture a third person game where you're someone standing on the roof of a van holding a guitar and you basically drive up to like crowds of bored looking people. And then yeah. instantly switch to playing along with the background music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, okay, I like that. Once you've uh, uh, lit up that specific town of bored people, mm -hmm. you just, um, you know, at the touch of a button, switch back to drivey mode, and away you go yeah. to uh, leave nothing but unwanted pregnancies and scattered <laughs> beer bottles. See, I feel like we both played last year the Artful Escape, right? 
how how would Second. that game have done with an actual guitar? Because the the platforming was very simple, so it could have easily been done with like yeah, you know yeah, yeah. a directional pad and a single jump. But then once you got to the actual guitar sections, I feel like having the guitar in your hand would have really um, like yeah. I really created a connection there. Yeah, especially if they'd. Um actually how do you do some like rhythm gameplay and not just repeat the notes back to the game like it's simon. yeah like a very very simplistic version of simon yeah yeah mm-hmm. i do still like the plot of that game but yeah it wasn't yeah so did i yeah and i like the acting i like the art but the yeah it it's felt like the, the worst part was the playing which isn't great in terms of, of games of course the other thing uh games that go for weird controls can do is take technology most people already have and find new things to do with it Mm-hmm. For the longest time, people have tried to do voice controls in games with varying, yeah. I'd say, usually low degrees of success. And yeah. recently, we had the very innovative uh, Before Your Eyes, which is yeah, a concept right. that I don't think anyone else uh, could possibly do, in which you no. controlled the game literally by blinking. Yeah, which was, uh, yeah, like fascinating. That was the, the like one of those rare times where it was the first I've ever seen in a game. It's a good game. Again, I think the story carries it. Because mm-hmm. there is no gameplay. It's just the story continues every time you blink. Yeah. So you end up in these situations where you want you want to stay in a moment to get more exposition for what's going on and who you are, but then you accidentally blink and you are forced to move on. It's a game about the fleetingness of life. Yeah, and I think the mechanic really like works well with the theme. Um and it's interesting. We had the uh we had the creators on Design Delve um a few months ago and they mentioned uh they're they're working on their next project. They haven't said what it is, but they said they are still exploring the um the the sort of a further depth they could take that control method with. So mm. um yeah, I'd be interested to see um see how that's how that's evolved. But I felt like before your eyes it worked better than any of the voice command games I played. And I've played a weird a weird amount of them, um, you know, starting just, with, like, Seaman yeah. and Hey You, Pikachu. Those, I don't think those have ever worked very well. There's just too many <laughs> factors in, you know, trying to understand what a person is saying and yeah. activate things accordingly, because, of course, everyone's got different dialects, everyone's yeah. different like, levels of tone and pitch. I used to have the biggest problem back in Australia whenever I tried to play, like, brain training on someone else's DS, I could only assume yeah. they were keyed for, like, Australian accents because it could never oh, understand funny. what the fuck I was saying. I'd say, yeah, black, yeah. black, yeah. black. <laughs> Did you say yeah. yellow? No. Yeah. <laughs> once I, I feel like... like a, a, I think people, like, min-max brain training by, like, uh, realizing that there were certain, like monosyllabic like grunts you could make and it would be yeah. like oh okay now the game knows you 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 mean black by going uh or yellow it is whoa yeah do you, do you remember rise son of rome i, I do yeah xbox one launch title that's like yeah yeah commands where you'd like wouldn't you shout out for like the the, yeah. the archers behind you to fire yeah and part of the reason why it doesn't work is because having to do that sort of immediately takes you out of the game because you have yeah because um you're not listening to your own voice mm-hmm. uh, you want to hear like the main character's voice so that you can, yeah yeah you can go yes we are in that world but when you say it then the main character repeats it that creates a yeah. distance especially when i'm like calling out the commands in my nerdy voice my nerdy yeah. voice in my little flat <laughs> but um, yeah the only yeah. i feel like the voice command game that it didn't work well but the one that like interested 
that was like the most interesting to me. And it wasn't like Seaman was was a real like sort of like a one off thing and and um, everything. But I thought that Lifeline game for PS2, where you literally played, you played as the person looking through cameras and speaking to the character on screen. Oh yeah, I know that. Um, yeah, and so yeah. like you were trying to give them information and help them get help that avatar get out of the room um, and get out of the compound. I believe it's called Lifeline. Yeah, yeah. What was that game that did something like that? Um, Republic. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, looking, yeah. Where, yeah. Where you were all like hacking into the cameras and, and everything. You we were looking through yeah. the cameras to help uh, someone escape through. An yeah, environment. an interesting game that. Yeah, yeah. Sort of Thankfully, you didn't have to last... talk to Republic. You, sort of, Republic, you yeah. just sort of fell apart in the last episode. I enjoyed it. Yeah, but I think yeah, still worth playing. But yeah, that was. Um, I, I feel like that was the the most uh, useful or the the most. Uh, um, interesting i guess uh voice command stuff and I'm, I'm i'm curious to see if if someone's able to do something that works as well as before your eyes did for me but i feel like you'd have to almost like before your eyes was very simple so i feel like you'd yeah. have to really kind of pare it down there and even this tended to bugger up a bit for me but then you know my, yeah. my office was probably a bit gloomy and my webcam isn't very high res you might have noticed yeah and we have glasses yeah. and yeah there's so, uh yeah there's a lot of so a lot of hurdles to, to get over there yeah. Tended to register like just eye movements as blinks. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what else, what other game you could control by blinking. And the only thing that springs to mind is a game where you play as a Buckingham Palace guard. <laughs> and it's okay. like, yeah, so it's like something like Papers Please or something. Where yeah, yeah. You just have to make sure you don't blink whenever there's a tourist in front of you taking pictures, and they're all like using their flashes and they're being obnoxious. Yeah, yeah. But if you blink, oh yeah. gosh, you're in trouble. Yeah. I can imagine in that same respect a horror game doing a similar thing like a simplistic horror game something like pt mm. where it would have had a blinking mechanic um you know, you know where I, where you know what i always thought was a nice mechanic that was a nice like one-off gimmick mechanic was um something until dawn did was where if the character was like trying to hide from a monster mm -hmm. uh, all you had to do was just not move the controller at all because it was using the playstation 6 axis technology you just had to hold oh, it so just perfectly still perfectly still yeah or else yeah. yeah and if you made the slightest movement it would register and alert the monster yeah that, that was tense that was genuinely tense those moments i feel like that's a more interesting use of six axis than pretty much anything else like i always hated like uncharted when you'd have to like balance to walk across like a log across oh, a river yeah. like that yeah and those fucking it, Dave, David Cage games where yeah um, oh god yeah where he he had to like thrust the controller downwards mm -hmm. to indicate that we're chopping our finger off or something yeah yeah and, and, and like it would work only like fifty percent of the time and so you'd completely yeah. just be pulled out of the action yeah and I'd always I'd, I'd usually be like slouched on the settee playing the game yeah. and obviously I couldn't move the controller down anymore because. <laughs> It was just on your body. It was just yeah. on my body, so I'd have to get up and go, oh, bloody hell. And for me, that's sort of the issue with the complex, big, silly controller, is that mm -hmm. the reason why the DualShock layout works so well is that we can just get immersed and not think about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, yeah hypos and the hypothetical zenith of game control is just direct neural interface. You just think a mm -hmm. thing, and it does it on the screen. I think if you, yeah. if you oblige the player to do some exercise, then um, uh, that sort of instantly takes them out of the game. That's why the motion controls never really worked for me. No, like, uh, 
and it is everyone did try you know after the massive success of the wii you had uh connect and you had playstation move and so um i think it works they, better they tried. In VR. i think it works better in vr because you are totally immersed mm-hmm. uh, although you know vr has never managed to get a two-handed gun to work for me no no like what's the i mean is is half-life alex probably the the high watermark in terms of vr yeah. controls yeah and you'll yeah. note there's no two-handed guns in it <laughs> because Valve yeah. are smart people and they figured out it just doesn't work when you're yeah you know, like free yeah. floating in midair yeah pistols I mean- like gun fingers that works great i love like dual wielding and shit like bone works it's going yeah hoppa, 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 hoppa. and then like do a so- really cool Put the guns back in the holsters in a really cool way. Would it? Would the two-handed gun work if you had a piece, piece of plastic to hold in real life? I've, think? I think like, I've proposed in a zero punctuation once that uh, you could have like controllers that clipped together, and then you okay, can hold it yeah. like it's like a submachine gun or something. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, because you wouldn't need anything fancy. You would just need like the you know the, like the fake ass plastic gun from yeah. like Big Buck Hunter or something, as long as it just felt tactile like that just, then it'd be fine you just need the hand controllers vr's already got and then just connect them with a stick yeah that's all, that's yeah. all you need yeah maybe some kind of mechanism so you can do the shotgun pump action oh that would be cool wouldn't it being able to See? hold an actual physical thing that pumps like a shotgun yeah absolutely that's like you know arcade games have been doing that since the 90s so so mm-hmm. replicating that at home i think the problem would be though is if you're in vr would you have to be holding that the entire game? Like, well, that's the issue, or, isn't it? I mean, yeah, you wanna, there got to be bits where you put the gun away or switch to a pistol. Yeah. See, this is—they could make a Halo game, and that's the reason Master Chief can only carry two weapons at a time because, like, you would only be able to carry physically mm. as many weapons as you have on your own on a mushy body. So, there you go. Um, um, I was also—I was—I was. I was uh, Looking through the history of some of the weirder controllers, like stuff I, I had, I'd, I'd never used, but never even heard of. Uh, Nintendo had a lot of weird ones, especially they had things that worked on the Game Boy that were really weird. They had a in Japan a a sewing machine that connected to your Game Boy Color, and you it was it had to be a very specific sewing machine, but you were able to choose on the on the game, and it was an official Mario game. The character you wanted, and then the sewing machine would sew that little like emblem on whatever piece of clothing was on there which i just found yeah. like who thought this was a good idea someone spent like probably several years on this like why why was this the thing well for the longest time people were still experimenting with what people actually wanted from video games yeah yeah that is true um yeah at that same period of time they had a uh a fishing sonar sensor that you would click onto your game boy and it was to be used in actual fishing so you'd pull your Game Boy out when you were on a boat, and it had like a very like mild sonar thing. You'd kind of hold it parallel to the water, and it would show you that, in theory, that there's a fish like ten feet in front of you. So it was the original like, iPhone app. I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I feel like a lot of these controllers, like amongst everything that iPhones have have uh, sort of uh, taken and thrown into a single device, they've they've done the same there. So, and then, of course, uh, I think we've brought it up before, but that Boktai game, the uh, Kojima game <laughs> that had the, the sun sensor, and, and <laughs> which that was interesting because it sort of encouraged you to think about the game in a different way, even though it's it wasn't, you know, entirely um, successful. I would Sorry, say. a bit of spit went down the wrong pipe there. Oh, no, that's not good. You got so excited because we were talking about Boktai. Yeah. That happens. 
I produce a lot of spit. Yes. Um, so I'm genuinely curious what games you can play on the Playdate right now. Uh, it is uh, incredibly simplistic at the moment. Um, like I you would imagine. expect, the, the 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 one that I've had the most fun with is a fishing game because that that's feels right. like that's the 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 crankiest thing uh, available. And it does remind me of like the Dreamcast had a fishing controller for um, yeah yeah for the. Sega bass fishing, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, um, and and yeah. The thing is, it hasn't like there's nice, um, almost less uh, like less gamey games, I guess, and more of like little like kind of cute things. There's like you know yeah. you're cranking things and you're seeing all sorts of like meters go up. Almost looks like on a thing that you're trying to like uh, you know create like a Frankenstein's monster kind of thing. There's there's a surfing game where you're you're cranking in order to like gain the the momentum you want on the wave to stand up but it's all again all very simplistic um yeah there's like a, a bird watching game like a weird little time travel thing where you're you're replicating the time machine um using the crank and it's you know, I, was, I was thinking about um steel battalion i was like if you made like a steampunk version of steel battalion a crank would mm -hmm. be a nice addition yeah oh absolutely yeah crank little handlebar mm -hmm. but a crank by itself i guess uh well, I guess functionally, it's not that much different to a scroll wheel in the world of interface controllers. Just like a big... No, no. Imagine, like, if you were using Microsoft Excel, and instead of a scroll wheel, you just had a big crank on the side of your desk. I think, that I think that'd be more fun. Yeah. I think it'd be a lot more fun to work in an office if you had that. Type if your you type, your type, and then you had to lean over yeah. and go... And it was a really, like, heavy one that made clicking sounds. Yeah. Next column of figures. I feel like you're just describing like working in an office in that movie Brazil. It's it's yeah, like a nice think, little dystopian I I would, office. I used to work data entry. I think I'd look forward to getting to the end of a column of figures. If I could turn the big yeah. clicky wheel again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am really excited. Like despite the fact that they have a lot of cool uh, indie devs working on, like Lucas Pope is working on a, a, yeah, a game just that. for Playdate, the the Return of the Oberdin guy. So um, yeah. yeah, I'd be curious. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be like a papers please, but you're just you're just cranking. I guess if I was um, tasked with making a game around it, my thought goes to uh, factory conveyor belts. Okay. Like, you know, yeah. factory conveyor belt and your job was like something like uh, that old Lucasfilm game, Night Shift, where you had to make sure all the toys were perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Because, yeah, the crank can work in, in both directions. One thing it doesn't have is um, there's no, like, haptic feedback on it, so the, it can't... Um, make the cranking harder, oh, like more difficult. A, does it at least make clicking noises as you, as you turn it? It does, make, it does make very nice noises. Like the, rattling, the noises rattling, are rattling. very... Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I want. Yeah, that it's, that it's doing exactly what we need. Um, yeah, so I don't know. That'll be... Uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see what... Especially like what just Normos end up doing because it's very open source. So I'm... I'm, I'm hopefully, you know... Yeah, I'm hopefully, uh, hopefully Normos. Hopefully Muggles start making something pretty neat for it. Yeah. Um, it also got me thinking, uh, going down the, the, the rabbit hole of um, peripherals, got me thinking about the, the few things that have come with Res. Like the, uh, you remember the old Mizuguchi game, Res, like yeah, yeah. the shooting game. The the first one was the uh, Trance Vibrator. Which I remember that. Would, it came yeah. with a sex toy. Came with a sex toy. It wasn't meant to be a sex toy, but very quickly... Everyone was yeah. like, "Well, this is just this is clearly just a sex toy." Yeah, people were sticking um, Wiimotes up their vaginas day one. I think. Yeah, 
Yeah, sure. I mean, that's like rule. Uh, what is that? Like rule 57, we'll say. That's why I mean, they yeah. had to bring out those rubber condoms for them. Yeah. <laughs> that couldn't have been why. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was why. Um, and I did, uh, Andrew Hickenbottom mentioned, I think I've said this on a, on a podcast before, but I did, when I played uh, Res VR at GDC, I got to play it in the full Res suit. And it was a vibro suit, so it was an entire suit I put on, like a like yeah. a like a race car driver suit that had like a whatever couple dozen different vibro points. Yeah, I had so, yeah, for breeze around that in between. Yeah, well, that was like game it, journalists. It's fine. That was pre-pandemic. No one, no, one, there were no germs back then. That was like 2016. That was before but germs. Germs are only one of the problems. <laughs> you have to spend the rest of the day smelling like every game journalist there. Mm -hmm. It was great. That's, it was just Axe body spray and, and yeah. uh, failed ambition. So it was great. That is not a pleasant smell. No. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, the Wii, uh, the Wii era is the other era that I always think of with uh, they went sort of peripheral crazy with the Lynx yeah, crossbow the, training yeah. and stuff well, like the that. The intention was to make the sort of universal controller, just the stick, mm -hmm. and then that could theoretically be used by the power of the imagination to be a sword or a cricket bat or whatever yeah. you like. And then, of course, they brought out a load of plastic things you could slot it into to help, yep. you know, sell the illusion. The most horrifying one was Babysitter Mama. So it was oh, a spinoff of the cook of the Cooking Mama games. Oh, don't and it was me, you taking care of a baby. And they, so they uh, slot the controller into a big plastic baby. And it, it was in plastic. It was like a stuffed animal. And it, so it was a stuffed baby. trying to burp it and stuff. Yep, it was a stuffed baby, and you'd put the controller like in the back, like like a sh like a sheath, and then yeah, you'd Samurai have to like, cradle baby. it, and you wouldn't you like if you shake it, that was bad. You don't shake the baby; that's apparently bad for babies. So yes. um, yeah, I don't know. Like I can't, I can't fathom who who's playing this game. I feel like if an adult goes in, like if one of us would go in to buy that thing, they sh they would put us on a list, <laughs> like a government list, and. <laughs> I would, I would perfectly be fine with that. Well, honestly. that was the Japanese industry, I assume, because mm -hmm. that's you know, yeah. I think it came out in the West. <laughs> the Japanese industry has always been about uh, exploring the different demographics to play games. That's mm -hmm. why there's so many like weird dating sims and sewing machines, yeah, and yeah, shit like that. Yeah. Uh, was there yeah. any specific any more specific points you wanted to raise before we go to super chats? Uh, it also got me thinking about um, there's a handful of weird controllers that didn't change how you played the game, but the controllers just looked weird. And uh, the, the two that came to mind were for PS1, they had a Wu-Tang controller, mm. and it was just a functional PS1 controller, but in the shape of the Wu-Tang right. W. Uh, and then the other one was the infamous Resident Evil 4 controller, uh, yeah. which just looks like a giant bloody chainsaw. And I think even has, like, you can, like, pull the, the, the cord and, and it makes a noise, yeah, but it yeah. doesn't change how you control Resident Evil 4 whatsoever. And then you could use it to play Animal Crossing. Exactly, yeah, with your bloody yes. chainsaw. No, no, I'm just trying to chop down a tree. I'm not trying yeah. to kill Tom Nook and get my money back. I just uh... Oh, Scavenger also brought up the Onimusha controller. I forgot, Onimusha 3 had katana controllers you could on ps2 you could play onamusha 3 with two katanas and again no movement or anything it was just the buttons on the katanas which yeah. is very strange yeah i gotta think that's more cool uh, in concept than in application because after a while you just get immersed and you don't really care yeah they also i remember square for the special edition of uh final fantasy 10 2 
which was like the sort of the, the Spice Girls spinoff to Final yeah, Fantasy X. Yeah, yeah. Um, the special edition came with the two controllers and it was replicas of the main character's two pistols. And they were like really heavy. They were like, they had like the weight of guns. But again, you didn't do any like pointing at the screen and shooting. You just, it just replicated the analog sticks and the buttons. So I expect you to play like a 50 hour RPG holding these two like 10 pound guns. Very strange. That was a weird game. Yeah. Wasn't wasn't that aimed at women that game? Because you know yeah. the whole like all the main characters were women and there was a whole mechanic based around changing the dress you wore. Yeah, it was like very much the class system, the job system was outfit based, and so it was um It's actually I don't know, it was pretty good, like I'm despite being a very strange the, offshoot. Glad it was modeled on the guns and not her boobies. Yeah, that is nice. Good for you, Square. Look at that. Well, I, old... We apologize all the bad stuff we said about you a few weeks ago, Square. What was that Japanese arcade game that was controlled by a huge plastic pair of buttocks? Oh, and, yeah. Uh, you had to ram your fingers between the buttocks in imitation. Yeah. Of a popular Japanese school prank where you try to stick mm -hmm. your fingers up teachers' buttholes. Watazami Ataku, yeah. What was that game called? Doki Doki Ass Slapper? I just assumed Doki Doki was in there, because that sounds like something that would be at the beginning of the, of the Doki name of the Doki game. is Japanese onomatopoeia for a pounding heartbeat. Okay, so I feel like Doki Doki Ass Slapper would be a good name for that game. I think it was called something like Boonga Boonga. <laughs> Which reminds me, one game we didn't talk about was Donkey Konga. Did you ever play oh, that yeah. game? No, yeah, Donkey Konga and Jungle the, Beat. Yeah, with the, with the um, bongos. bongos. Yeah, and they had the one rhythm game, and then they had another one that was like a pretty interesting platformer that you used the bongos for. <clears throat> was it just like using them as two buttons, or did you actually have to like play the bongos to to? Jump? Um, yeah, you kind of use it like you tap the right one in order to run, or tap right and left to run, uh, like that. But then to attack, you'd kind of hit both of them and be certain things where you needed to do a special attack and like really pound them in unison, and then uh, certain things that you had to do like to jump. I think you would hit both of them at the same time. I think it could register like an off bongo clap. Ooh, sounds too much like exercise to me. It does. It started. It started getting dangerously close to the exercise world, which we yeah. don't need any of here. Super chat time. I Super. guess if you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape. You can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. We're just Chat reminiscing time. about things. Podcast, but that's fine. Yeah, I think it was less of a... We had less of a point and more of just a trip down memory lane. But it did see, I did like the fact that everyone in chat was talking about their favorites. So I, think yeah, was, yeah. I always think that's nice. It's, that's valid. Yeah. So, jumbly wobbly gives 6,600 CRCs and says, must I remind you of your own ZP of two human? That's $10 American, by the way. And what did I say in my ZP of two human jumbly-wobbly? Was that where I was complaining about how they were using the right analog stick for something other than camera control? <laughs> oh, right. yeah, that did have, like, combat was, like, all relegated to the right analog stick right uh, yeah, that right? I, hate what, I hate when games do that the yeah, right analog yeah. stick is for the camera in 3d games do not mess with yeah. that it, it never ends well 
Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, where are we? Monetization. Super, super, super. La, 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 la. Okay, just wanted to make sure I was at the top. Perfect. Okay, Dave DeBlanc gave us five Canadian dollars and says, Arcade machines originally had pretty wacky controllers. We need mm -hmm. to bring those back. Have you been to an arcade Agreed. lately, Dave DeBlanc? I haven't. I assume they're still <laughs> full of weird machines. Unless they're all just uh, replicas of the iPhone games, like we were talking about before, which is very yeah. sad. But even yeah, those, you, you know what? If I could play Doodle Jump with a big rattly crank, I'd probably enjoy that as well. Oh, yeah. Or like Angry Birds, where they're cranking almost like like uh, yeah. setting up like a trebuchet. Yeah, give me a yeah. good trebuchet game with a nice crank. Yeah, where you tighten up the string with the crank. Yeah. Although you'd need to add a mechanic to sort of make the crank resist you more, the, the more tight it got. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's not what the playdate does. No, no. Maybe multiplayer cranking could work. A couple people just hanging out, cranking out, a couple buds on a Friday night. It should work doing with some the, cranks. Work with the people who made the PS5 controller. There you go. Make it harder to pull things. I do like. Do you uh, do you like the haptic feedback stuff? On, no. On this one. <laughs> not really. It Did you like any of this? Oh God. I don't really like it when I have to like pull harder on the triggers to do something. I feel like sure. again that sort of takes me out of things. Did you like any of the stuff in the Astro Astro's playroom? Well, I can't remember much, so I guess not. Okay, I did. I thought it was very. It was. It was neat. Not necessarily okay. good, but neat. All right then. Mm -hmm. Which, in many ways, is worse than bad, because uh, <laughs> it's forgettable. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Jumbly Wobbly again gives one thousand CRC and Thank says so one word: accessibility. Oh, that's yeah, important. which you gotta be careful Xbox has your... been great with that, with the uh, Xbox Adaptive Controller, which um, is very modular in terms of how you want to use controller inputs. You've got to be careful about, uh, you know, alienating people. How would, for mm -hmm. example, someone with only one arm use a Playdate? Uh, great point. It would be uh, nearly impossible, I would say. Well, yeah, exactly. um, yeah, or or you know, uh, just even like motor scale problems. But um, yeah, Microsoft has been incredible. Like if you've ever seen the, here, I'll throw a link to it in the in the chat here. Uh, the um, Xbox Adaptive Controller is um, a really fascinating. Like in the amount, like how modular it is in terms of design, and and how much it's opened the world to to folks who you know aren't able to play games in traditional two stick controller methods, um, like most of us are. Pretty great yeah. stuff. Uh, Andrew Hickerbottom gives three pounds and says, JogCon, NegCon, Menacer, DJ Hero Controller. Of those, the DJ Hero Controller is the only one I remember. They have the little turntables. <laughs> same, same. Um, are the rest of those real? JogCon? Yeah, JogCon sure is sure is real. It's uh, It was for um, Ridge Racer on the PS1, and it has... So it's a PS1 controller, but in the center is a, a, a wheel. So it's like a very small steering wheel, but you would only be able to control it with one hand. So uh -huh. you'd, you'd be steering it like that. I'm, I'm, I'm curious of what the menacer is, because that sounds bad. That sounds like something I don't want in my house. I was just reminding myself of the Atari Jaguar controller, which that was, was basically a, a Sega Genesis controller with a pocket calculator glued to it. Yes, that is, that is pretty much true, yeah. Uh, oh, the Menacer was a, a, a light gun for uh, the uh, 
Sega Genesis. So it was like the Sega's version of the Super Scope 6 for the Super That's Nintendo. That's not a very nice name. That sounds like something, you mm. know, that you'd accuse a police officer of doing. Of uh, being a menacer. Yeah, yeah, that's like a very, uh, that's a very early 90s, like, he Sega, me. Sega does what Nintendo don't. He menaced, I feel, me. he menaced me. I feel thoroughly menaced. <laughs> uh, what was the other one? Uh, uh, Negcon. Ooh, I am very worried to Google this, Andrew. Do not. I'm looking it up put, now. Do not put me on a list. Ooh, this is okay. weird. It's like a yeah, it's controller a that has a... That splits apart by the looks of it. Yeah. Very hit by a swivel joint, allowing the player to twist the halves relative to each other. Well, that sounds pretty interesting, actually. Sort of part of the way towards being what the play date does with the little turny crank. Yeah, but I'd be curious what... Uh, would you use it as, like, a throttle? Like, I just don't know. I, don't, I can't imagine any PS1 game was built with that in mind. A game about attaching bolts to things. You put the bolt good. in the thing, and then you turn the controller to secure the bolt. Okay. What if in It Takes Two, every time it changed the controller method, you had to pick up an entirely new device? So it came well, packed in with like 55 different little plastic things. Well, that sounds logistically difficult. <laughs> Just a bit, yeah. Uh, Chris Cook, who's been a member for six months in early access, says, anyone remember the Steam controller? That is a great question because I forget about it very often. I never have used one. I used the one in my old office. I never, I never owned one. I just never, I don't know. I'm curious if, if anyone in chat had, had good experiences with it, but I just never saw the, like, it, it was supposed to be able to like, oh, you can hang out on the couch and, and play real time strategy games. But who, those aren't games that people want to play while lounging on the couch. I feel like. No, they want to be leaning urgently forward, imagining the yeah. general pattern. Yeah. Uh, Jumpley said Jack liked it when he tried it. So. Oh, okay. Uh, Classic Jack. And Lord Reffer says that they have a Steam controller. It was good, but had issues. Steam Deck fixed almost all of them. That is true. Yeah. Well, there you go. I guess, yeah, the Steam Deck does have the little, like, uh, imaginary the mouse pad thing, like touchpad that kind of acts as the mouse pad. Yeah. Like, the, yeah, I never really liked that. Yeah. I don't know if it's any better on the Steam Deck than it was, uh, however many years ago, four or five years ago on the Steam controller. Leonard Psychobike gives 20 euros and says, a few weeks back I had to defend my thesis. It was a financial analysis of the British games industry. For good luck, I wore my ZP t-shirt under my suit and it worked. I was top of my class. Here's to you, Saint Yahtzee. Thank you. I take full credit for that. Yeah, I feel like I had much less to do with the hard work uh, Leonard put in and more the power of you channeled through the shirt. Well, people don't re really know that uh, every single zero punctuation piece of merchandise is infused with my essence. Mm. I you thought you were going to say it's like hand-stitched by you. You know how Kiss published a comic book in the 80s that they promised mm -hmm. was published in real Kiss blood? In blood, they, yeah. yeah. They genuinely went to like the printing press and like released a couple of drops. That's yeah, what I yeah. did, but with spunk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, so, yeah. oh. Speaking of semen. So that's that's, that's how you know every t-shirt contains a little part of me. Oh, no. <laughs> of course, uh, t-shirt manufacturers very swiftly asked me to leave. 
Yeah, yeah, it was right. funny. Yeah, they didn't actually invite you to do that, no, no, which no, was the weird no. part. Is yeah, no, I had to do, go in disguise, but it was worth it for the fans. Yeah, exactly. John Connor gives five Canadian dollars. Says Rocksmith has an interesting use a uh, real guitar as a controller method. Also, any tips for someone stuck in Oberdin? Uh, get good scrub. Well, Rocksmith's whole uh, gimmick was that. Uh, it actually taught you to play actual guitar in contrast to Guitar Hero controllers. Yeah, and I've heard from some people who actually learned guitar via Rocksmith, which I think is really cool. I think any video game that can actually teach you a thing is uh, pretty neat, because God knows I don't Guitar Hero doesn't help you play real guitar whatsoever. So No. Uh, the rock yeah. band drum set might get you started on learning the drums. <laughs> I was so bad at the drums. I was so bad at the drums. In it's, rock, in yeah, rock it's, rhythm can be confusing. It's like patting yeah, your head I and rubbing your tummy. Can't do that. I can barely do one of those at the same time, let alone both. I always boggle at people who can like play, play the like on piano, like the ostinato with one hand and the melody with the other hand. Mm -hmm. it seems like you'd need some kind of computer brain. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Gene Venter gives uh, 20 Canadian dollars. Says, hey, Yahtzee, how goes the writing on Starstruck Vagabond? Love it so far, and I'm hungry for more. Still working on the story campaign. Still making sure to do a bit of work every day. It's coming along. I'm working on getting, like, the critical path done. And then, uh, as I'm doing it, uh, a lot of things have occurred to me about the gameplay to fix. And now you just... You want to pivot and make it a purely crank-based game, right? Probably wouldn't work, thinking about it. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, after I've done the critical path, I need to work on all like the individual character stories, which could be like Persona style. You build up your relationship with them and then they'll get their cutscene. So is this, are you literally are you literally just doing the writing now? Like you're writing in like a, a Word doc or are you like... No, I'm, I'm I, I, don't, I don't know what you're using to make it. I'm programming all the cutscenes on the fly, gotcha. as it were. Gotcha. Very cool. Uh, Pixel Grip member for 25 months uh, has a member cool. chat to say, while I've never used or owned it, I'm fascinated by the RE4 Chainsaw <laughs> Controller. Thanks for the content, mm -hmm. guys. Glad I could join live for once. Yeah, and, and apparently, uh, so they, they released one for uh, the, the GameCube, which is where RE4 originally released, and then a few years later released one for the PS2 when it got ported over there. And apparently the PS2 one is much like neater and scarier looking as a chainsaw than the than the GameCube one, which makes sense, because I feel like the, yeah. the, you, like the GameCube is like a cute little suitcase. Um, you, you don't want a big old scary bloody chainsaw yeah, dripping that was, on that that resident evil 4 was supposed to be like the hot app for the gamecube but yeah it was just one ps2 kick to the gamecube's balls after another yep 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 they announced the ps2 version before the gamecube version was even out the ps2 yep. version was cheaper yeah i think it had like some bonus yeah, maybe bonus some of the bonus mercenary stuff or whatever nicer yeah. chainsaw controller eat shit yeah. gamecube capcom yep. said yep we signed a deal to make games for the GameCube, but you didn't say anything about making them not suck. <laughs> I did a video on the Capcom 5 once. What lovely oh, story, nice. that. Yeah, yeah. I always thought yeah, it was it, weird that the Capcom 5 consisted of, like, two or three of some of the, like, the most memorable games of the time, and two yeah. complete non-starter piles of shit. Yep. 
There was no middle yeah. ground at all. No, no. I, I like it. Go big or go home. Big swings. There you go. Give give me Killer Seven or give me uh, uh, Piano, Piano three. three. Yeah, whatever yeah. The fuck that was. Yeah. Uh, Blaze MD gives twenty Egyptian somethings. Starts with a P, possibly. It says check test test super chats now work in Egypt. Oh, that's cool. Oh. Uh, beg, I beg your pardon, I missed one out there. Scavenger gives $10 to say, I think some gimmicks later develop into great tech. Dreamcast had a controller screen before the Wii U, mm -hmm. and Nintendo let you use a GBA as a controller on the GameCube, then we later got the Switch. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. it was more the Wiimote thing that led to the Switch. I think the well, uh, the GBA and GameCube thing was more about um, the sort of in inter-system thing, where you could plug the Game Boy in to do extra things in certain games. Like if you had a Game Boy Advance copy of one of the Zelda games on there, you could plug that into Zelda Wind Waker. And... Yeah. And you had certain games like Four Swords and the uh, the Pac-Man game that sort of required the GBA. Mm. Um, it, it was interesting because that was a time where Nintendo was trying to bridge the gap between their their parallel handheld and, and home console um, um, markets. And then with like the, the Wii... They and then the DS, those like rarely ever spoke to each other. Mm. And then the Wii U felt like a half measure. And then finally, with the Switch, they just converged. And I can't imagine that we'll be, we'll be getting like a you know, they, they won't be splitting that anytime soon, seeing as how uh, how profitable the Switch is for them. The Dreamcast didn't really have a controller screen. Well, I had a screen in the controller, but it wasn't used as a control, well, it just displayed stuff. It, the screen was in the memory card, the V, the VMU. So the controller just had like a blank space for you to click the memory card into the top of it, and then the memory card had a little digital screen that, in some games, read out information, mm. and then other things like uh, like Sonic Adventure, you could you could have your Chow Garden, so you could take the thing out and it had little controllers on it, and you could like you know help raise your little critters, and then when you plug it back in, your critters are more powerful in the game. Hmm, that sounds difficult to emulate later Absolutely. in, later in <laughs> Absolutely. history. Yeah. Okay. Will Cooling gives two pounds and says, I really miss light gun games. They need to come back. Are there like, contemporary light gun games at the moment? Uh, well, they just arcades? released the House of the Dead remake. Oh, yeah. On the Switch. Um, yeah, but I think I don't know how that control. I assume you just point your Joy-Con at the screen. Like I don't think maybe there's like a gun peripheral or something. But um, I don't know. yeah, I don't. I don't. Uh, I, I guess light gun games are probably that's what VR is now. Like a lot yeah, of the games we yeah. mentioned are just like really fancy light gun games. Um, but yeah, I used to. I, I, I like playing. I had for PS One a game called Point Blank that was like a, a collection of almost like carnival light gun games, but oh, with yeah. like a, a neat, a neat sort of charming um, overall aesthetic to them. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, okay, confused for a second there, but this is a person whose actual name is Windows yep. Task Manager, <laughs> who's been a member for twenty five months. Surprised I haven't seen him before if he's been a member that yeah. long. He says, Does the virtual boy count as a controller? Well, it had a controller. Yeah. The weird thing about uh, the virtual boy was that it had no head tracking, so you just had to sort mm -hmm. of. It was sort of mounted to the desk. Yeah. You had to, like, lean into it. Yeah. And you would, like, you'd, you'd hurt your neck after yeah. playing for, like, 
20 minutes and then your eyes you get eye, eye strain it is like one of the most uncomfortable yeah. gaming experiences ever yeah um yeah i don't know if i, I wouldn't call that a, a, a unique controller because its controller was was pretty uh, simple and and you know like par for the course at the time but the whole thing was i would say oh, was yes i'm looking unique. at the virtual boy controller now it's sort of somewhere on the way to being the n64 controller but with boobs yeah, yeah, because it was yeah it was it was after you know after Super Nintendo but before N sixty four so it did feel like it was sort of on its way to what the PS one and N sixty four would do but with boobs. Yes. So yeah. there you go. It looks Doki like the Doki controller boobs. has boobs. Mm-hmm. Nice. If you if you Google that, if or I, just you know Google boobs. If I just Fine. like if I move this browser over your face, mm-hmm. everyone can see mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. Look, Incredible. there's the Virtual Boy controller. It has boobs. Incredible. I feel like uh, if this was like a if this was like a real program, we would have instead of slightly something else in the middle, we'd have a we'd have a little screen that a producer would be able to just throw images and whatever we're talking about, be able to like reference things. Oh boy, that sure sounds like something professionals would do. That's the way of the future. Tiger Fang member for four months gives the member chat to say thank you for all the years of entertainment. Well, the four months of entertainment. Thanks, Tiger Fang. Well, maybe they were entertained for years and then oh. finally felt bad and was like, I guess I'll start giving you money. And uh, Brave Othello, member for 12 months, says, have fun cranking one out, Marty. Always do. Who the hell makes a cranking motion when masturbating? Never really understood that euphemism. Uh, yeah, I feel like you would like literally rip your dick off. Yeah, which that, wouldn't, if that you're wouldn't doing be that, you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Unless you've got some yeah. kind of severe bifurcation going on. Yeah. Sound off in the comments below. Moving on. Walker Grant gives four ninety nine and says, Finally caught one of these live. Thank you, Marty and Yahtzee, for all the great content, especially this amazing podcast. Thank you, Walker Grant. Yes. Thank thanks, you. Thanks back and forth. So many thanks. Scavenger gives $10, gives his usual $10, his habitual $10. Say, <laughs> or her habitual $10. I don't actually know. I learned Nintendo had a control of people with disabilities in 1989. It's strapped to your chest, you used your mouth to direct the D-pad, blew or inhaled in a tube for buttons. Catch up Sony and Microsoft. Is that true? I didn't know that. I know you can get a sort of head-mounted thing to, to, so you could type with it if you haven't got any hands or something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sure enough. The uh, hands-free controller. Interesting. I remember Nintendo Power once published a letter about someone who controlled Nintendo games with their feet because they had like a torn nerve in their hand or something. Yeah, yeah. That's really neat looking. Uh, Long Dong Silver gives $5 and says, Of all the instruments that don't have a game peripheral based on it, which would you guys want to see? Give me an accordion for a poker game. Polka game. Mm. Um... Well, I'm playing uh, on on my Twitch channel. I'm playing through Ocarina of Time right now, mm. and I feel like the Ocarina inputs are very uh, un, un uh, I don't know, not very intuitive. If Granted, I don't think I'd be able to play an actual Ocarina, but it would be in, in, you know Zelda you, games are so yeah, sort of flute device where you can like yeah your fingers over the different holes. Yeah, yeah. I think it would also. I, I know. Nintendo tried to do it with that Wii music game, but I think being a conductor could be cool. I don't know how to conduct. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. It always feels like conduct. I don't want to, like, uh, 
I feel like I'm going to offend conductors out in the audience, but I don't feel like they're doing anything. <laughs> like they're just waving their hands around. The people who are playing the music, they know what's going on. Like they've, they've practiced. You know, they're, they're they're keeping the rhythm. They're helping every every section of the orchestra remember which, where they come in. Yeah, it it feels to me like I think the work of a conductor. So much of it is in the lead up to the performance, and it's almost like yeah. you know, like a sporting coach, like a basketball coach. Like I don't know. Once once the game is starting, I feel like the players are doing all the work there. I feel like there's a lot of nuance to it, and I feel like there's going to be some people who are in like high school orchestra who are going to be very cross at you. No, please, please. It, well, listen, I'm saying that the high school orchestra people are the ones doing the work, and it's your teacher who you should mutiny against. Yeah, I think about that. Don't mutiny against them. Think about the concept of a, like an accordion controller, and I think that would work for other things as well if you were making yeah. a game about molesting someone. Jesus, what is happening? Why? I, why? I don't, know. I don't know. My first thought was back to that Japanese uh, poke people's buttocks game. <laughs> Doki Doki ass slapper. Yeah, just have a big set of controls made to look like a big pair of buttocks, and you just mm -hmm. squeeze them back and forth to and see how much you can get away with it on public transport. Anyway. <laughs> Dimitri gives five Canadian dollars and says, I feel your Life of Eric Tsarn idea for Dev Diary would work well with a music box game for the Playdate. Crank speed tied to game mechanics, maybe. Yeah, possibly. I mean, what was, uh, I, don't, I don't know, I, I, I'm not familiar with Life of Eric Tsarn. Well, my concept for Life of Eric Tsarn, do you know, are you familiar with the short story, The Music of Eric Tsarn? I'm not, no. It's a Lovecraft story about a dude who has to hold off horrors during the night by playing his viol. Okay. Which, uh, I interpreted to mean violin, but apparently a viol is a completely different instrument that's played more like a cello. But whatever, I made a game about a violin player who has to move the bow back and forth across the strings to appease the mm -hmm. spirits in the sky in various different ways. Interesting. So yeah, that could work with a crank control. You have mm -hmm. to, you have I to guess you can almost do it. At specific speeds to appease some kind of cosmic horror. I feel like you could do like a Five Nights at Freddy's esque thing with cranking. Like if you needed to use the crank to like open and close doors, and yeah, so that yeah. it added like a bit of tension and and yeah. horror to the crank. Slam the portcullis down. Yeah, I love that word. That's such a good word. Portcullis. Yeah, it's incredible. But where's the starboard colors? That's my question. Find out next week. On slightly uh, something else. Raven Dragoon. Uh, uh, welcome to credit. He didn't give welcome, a message, Raven. but welcome to credit anyway. Welcome. Oh, we have Raven Dragoon right next. Oh, there they go. Who gave us $5 to say, enjoying adventure is nigh. How do I get more Amy in my life? I can't tell what else she does at the escapist. She does a couple of streams, usually with other people. Yeah. She does Friday, Friday afternoons at, uh, 3 PM central. She streamed all of the Halo games alongside Nick. They're mm -hmm. about to finish all their Gears of War streams, and then they're going to be streaming Divinity Original Sin 2. Hmm. Um, and then she usually joins us for game night, Saturday nights at 7 PM. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's working on some other cool things now, um, that are in the early ideation process. So yeah, it's mainly streams. And yeah, she has a full-time job outside of the escapist. So oh, imagine that a side gig. Yeah. <laughs> Christopher Perez gives four ninety nine and says, "Idea for a crank game. You play as a filmmaker in the early twentieth century, cranking at different speeds to Love control it. the camera's film speed." Well, there you Love go. it, Christopher. You should learn how to make games for Playdate and make that game, and then send it to me because I'd play it. How easy do they make it to make games for that thing? 
No idea. I have. I absolutely do not know. Maybe if I contacted them and said, "Hello, my name is Timmy. I would like to make games for your system. Please mm -hmm. send me a pack of uh, cool things." Yeah. I used to try to game that. I used to try to game that system. I'd like write a letter pretending to be doing a school project to like a chocolate company, and hope they'd yeah. send me a load of freebies. <laughs> Did it ever work? No. Oh well. They'd send me information leaflets for my project. Yeah. <laughs> you can't eat them. Ashore one hundred and one gives five pounds sixty nine. And says, Yahtzee, I hear you do lots of different English accents, but never heard you try a Geordie one. Fancy giving it a Gan-like, mate. I don't think I could do a Geordie one. Newcastle is uh, the Geordie accent. It's people what is Newcastle. What, what is Geordie? Like, what is that? Is that just what the accent is called? Yeah, I don't know why they're called Geordies, but uh, that just refers to people from Newcastle. Which is a north of England city. And uh, really? I, I don't actually think I could remember what the, what the Geordie accent sounds like at the top of my head. Could it, what should I just say? Hawaii the lads. There you Would go. I do I'll just say Hawaii the lads. Oh my god! Uh, there's so much. There's there's a lot of. I'm just I'm now on the Geordie uh, 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 Wikipedia page. There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. The Geordie schooner glass was traditionally used to serve Newcastle brown ale. Oh, there you go. That's why they're there called Geordies. Perfect. You learn a new thing every day. <laughs> a new, utterly useless thing. Exactly. Greifer, Greifer, member for 19 months, gives a member chat saying, going back into weeb shit, what service you recommend? Weeb service? Uh, uh, I'm, I'm assuming you mean like for anime, right? Like Crunchyroll like, was like, the big one. Yeah, I had to see. Yeah, Crunchyroll uh, and Funimation have are now like under the same umbrella. So Crunchyroll is going to be the main one. That being said, if you're like just dabbling in it, um, like Netflix, Hulu, and HBO Max all have like a really good selection of um, yeah, like some new shows, some classics, some good movies. So if you're just like testing the waters, there's a good chance that one of the services you already pay for might have some of them. Um, yeah, yeah once you get serious, Crunchyroll is it? Because we all pay for some, apparently. Um, We're all idiots. So we've established where Geordie came from. Where does Crunchyroll come from? Well, I know Crunchyroll is the name of uh, 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 like a, is it like deep fried sushi? So it's like a sushi roll, and a Crunchyroll is like I think something with. It does make me hungry. The name yeah. Crunchyroll. Yeah. I think of Tootsie Ooh. Rolls. I found an Urban Dictionary, and you don't want to look at that one. That was bad. Okay. That was that was bad. Yeah, I, I believe uh, Crunchyroll is just a, a type of sushi roll. Hmm. Tempura says. Uh, well, that so we well that'd be crunchy. Yeah, this is so very just crunchy. Literally, take a sushi roll and deep fry it. Is that how that works? Uh, yeah, or maybe it's like the 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 fish on it is deep fried. So I don't know if the entire thing is deep fried. That Man, I really didn't like. Like deep frying the whole thing doesn't feel like a Japanese thing to do. No, that feels like a Midwest thing. That sounds like something yeah. we would do in Wisconsin or a, or a Scottish thing. Yeah, are they like? Is is Scotland like the? Oh yes, yeah. like the, the Midwest of the UK. There's notoriously uh, low vegetable intake amongst the Scottish, and it's and uh, there's a cliche 
attached to the Scottish, that if you go mm. to a Scottish chip shop, they'll deep fry like a Mars bar or a cabbage gotcha. remake for you, if you ask. Never had a deep uh, fried yeah. Cadbury's cream egg, but I kind of want to. Maybe for like the last five minutes of my life when I know it won't matter. Yeah, that's like a good, like a, or if you ever like uh, commit a crime so heinous that you're going to be yeah. executed. Yeah. If I was on my deathbed, I'd say just get all the classic British snack foods, deep fry them and bring them here. And yeah, and just satisfy my curiosity once and for all. Yeah, Maybe serve them in a nice little wagon, conveyor belt. Deep fried jammy wagon wheels. Let's try them. Sure. Love jammy wagon wheels. No idea what that means, but it, it seems like something that would be great. You don't have a clue what a jammy wagon wheel is. No, it's, 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 it sounds made up. It's close yeah. in spirit to a moon pie. Okay, I know what a moon sort pie is. Sort of uh, two biscuits with marshmallow in between covered in chocolate. Oh, okay. Perfect. That sounds great. Deep fry that. Holy moly. Yeah, I'd be all over that. I guess the marshmallow might go a bit molten if you deep fried it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they deep fry ice cream. Who knows how that works? It's by the same principle as the baked Alaska, I believe. Well, it can be like hot and crunchy on the outside, but still frozen in the middle. But still, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Long Dong Silver gives $5 and says, Careful insulting conductors, Marty. You don't want J.K. Simmons <laughs> from Whiplash after you. Uh, that is my one of my all-time favorite movie characters, and I apologize to uh, J.K. Simmons in Whiplash because he is a conductor who would just beat the shit out of me. So he's a very apologies. good actor, that J.K. Simmons. He's great. He's great. Although, no J.K. there. You know, when I think of like really good actors, I think of people who can like just sort of completely transform themselves and be a completely different person from role to role, like someone yeah. like Gary Oldman. I've always yeah, thought that yeah. sort of actor. J.K. Simmons, I would not consider that kind of actor. He's sort of very, very good at being J.K. Simmons. Yeah. I would say this is the one role where he's very, like, almost like a uh, 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 yes. horror movie villain, like comically villainous in this he can movie. Play, he can play J. Jonah Jameson or evil J. Jonah Jameson. That's true. I mean, I guess pretty much, yeah. He's just pretty much bad J. Jonah Jameson in that, yeah. Uh, I'm watching this new Apple Plus show called Slow Horses with Gary Oldman about uh, like a, 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 like an MI5 uh, office, and he plays just like the biggest slob who's just like farting all the time and like just like a real piece of shit. And he's great. He's excellent. A plus. You know, I'm just Oldman. thinking about what we just said, and it's weird that we don't think of J. Jonah Jameson as bad J. Jonah Jameson, even though J. Jonah Jameson is always positioned as an antagonist. Yeah, and if like HR existed in at the Daily Bugle, like surely he would be written up. Like he, he would be outed. There would be like a story on Huffington Post about about the awful ship he's running, and he'd be ousted. I guess he's usually like used as like a comic foil, but there are yeah. plenty of villains who always get chumped and are still considered villains. Yeah, that is true. Like like the Riddler, he's usually used as a joke, but they still think of him yeah. as, as a villain. It's Not in the new, the new Batman movie. He's like a. He's like a. a, a well, a, that hardly like a, counts. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was going to say what he is, but it's it's a spoiler for the new movie. So, Riddler in name alone, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Well, you subtract all the flamboyance from the character, but wait a minute, that character is flamboyance. Yeah. Anyway, Scavenger gives two doors and says, "Google the Death Crimson custom controller." Okay, I'm going to cover your face again in a minute. Excellent. Death Crimson controller. 
Uh, I hold, there's a whole bunch of different things. I don't know what you want me to look at here, chat. Is this the gun? There's a gun controller, but then there's also there's this thing that looks like it's like a like a fucking HR Giger thing that you like stand in. Oh yeah, I found it. Here, I'll put it in front of your face again. Please do. Yeah, is that what we're talking about? It looks yeah, well, like it's terrifying. I don't want yeah. to be a part of this at all. I feel like if you put your hands on it, your hands would never leave it. It would explode yeah, some like kind of hideous glue. Cronenbergian. I like it. I like nice, it. Nice, helpful place to stand in front of it. Yeah. I see. <clears throat> Where was I? Uh, Pacific Blue said, "Google the Death Stranding controller. It's just a little fetus." That they should take. Someone should take the baby controller that we mentioned for that baby mama game for um, Wii and uh, let you use. Jar? Yeah, put it in a jar and let it be your Death Stranding controller. So you can rock the baby when he gets a little nervous and everything. And Yeah, sounds great. Thanks, I get enough of that in my yeah. everyday life. I guess, <laughs> I guess yeah, there's no game there for you. And it really does my back in sometimes. Yeah. Uh, hot Creamy Fart. Always a joy to see you here, Hot Creamy Fart. <laughs> Gives us $5 and says, If you can make a feasible crank-controlled game, you might just solve the energy crisis. Which exercise equipment would make for a fun game interface? Uh, well, it's funny. Uh, dealing with the first part first, that energy crisis thing. Remember, uh, do you remember folding at home on the PS3? Yes, that was going to save the world or something. Yeah, and it was like while you weren't using your PS3, you could put it in a sort of sleep mode where it was still connected online and it was doing something with data <laughs> it was like ultimately like using your ps3 to it was compile or the human genome or something yeah yeah and the whole idea was if everyone who has a ps3 allows their consoles to do this it could get whatever this thing was done faster yeah um, it, like, it doesn't feel like we saved the world it was like bitcoin honest. mining for science yeah yeah it was like altruistic bitcoin mining well, 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 how very nice. Yeah, uh, but like then which exercise equipment would you... I don't oh, know. yeah. Well, they've kind of done most of them. Like, yeah, you go to the arcade, they've got, like, exercise bikes you ride to do the motorcycle games and shit. Yeah, I mean, I think the, like, Peloton stuff has already, like, gamified it a little bit. Yeah. I think, like, a lot of gyms kind of gamify stuff. Like, that's even the point of, like, uh, workout apps and stuff is is to get you to keep doing it because there is that sense of, like, a, you know, not a carrot on the end of the stick, but, you know, a form of tangible progress as opposed was, to just bettering was, yourself. Yeah, and there was that ring fit business. Yeah. Well, you could use, like, you know, the uh, abdominal press to mm -hmm. make another version of the molesting people in public game I was proposing earlier. Yeah, you. Why did we bring that up again? We. The, I thought we left that behind us. I like to skate close to the edge. <laughs> <laughs> you get a better was, high there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the dogmatic director just popped in with $5 right at the end there to say, on the subject of unconventional instrument controllers, give me a hurdy-gurdy hero. Hurdy-gurdy is a crank-based musical instrument, I believe. Oh, I only know Hurdy-gurdy from the song, The Hurdy-gurdy Man. I didn't know that was an Well, instrument. he's called The Hurdy-gurdy Man because he plays a hurdy-gurdy. Incredible. I never knew that. Oh, look at this little thing. It's like a 
It's like a violin that that just like went to Europe and decided to really change its identity. It's great. Yes, I think the dude who does down the rabbit hole on YouTube has a video about the hurdy gurdy because he's a big hurdy gurdy fan. Mm. He's a gird um, head. Very neat. Or, yeah, whatever the name is. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that's it for super chats, I think. Absolutely. So let's. Oh, I'm just looking at myself on the webcam. I seem to have shifted down a little bit. My face seems a bit off center there. <laughs> You're just going to slowly slide down by the end of the week. Well, just I, be, I have uh, a very comfy floor. couch. As Toffee can attest. Yeah. Yes, it was very comfy, and he'd kind of like to go back to it. Yeah. Toffee says, Thanks for watching Slightly Something Else. You're welcome, this, Toffee. This was Yahtzee Crowshaw on this side of the screen. And, other side. and over there was Marty's Lever. Thank you so much for having me and for covering me up a few times and for making me uncomfortable with your game ideas. It was wonderful. I do love to issue discomfort. <laughs> as Toffee can attest. Absolutely. Uh, remember to keep watching all week for more uh, content on the Escapers. What's on today? Uh, we are donezo today. This oh. is all we have today. Oh, um, however, still in Iceland, I think everyone is still in Iceland uh, for until um, the end of the week. But um, you can check out uh, Darren's new In the Frame uh, uh, dropped on YouTube for everyone, and it's on um, sort of the current state of Star Trek. Uh, it's very good. I'm not a big Star Trek fan, but I thought it was wonderful. And Darren's video essays are excellent. Um, I'm not sure I want to hear in, about the current state of Star Trek. It would probably depress me. It would probably just make you sad. Uh, tomorrow, uh, uh, Casey and Jesse will be back at the normal time for uh, Hidden Gems. They're going to be playing a game called Streets of Rogue. I don't know what it is. I, I know just that requested one. the art. Oh, it's sort of well, like a 2D, well, they're trying to do roguelike immersive sim. Oh, interesting. I yeah. assumed it was going to be a roguelike Streets of Rage brawler. Well, you're wrong, you idiot. I am. I am. I was tricked. You'd, you'd better watch that stream and find out. Apparently. Um, uh, and yes, then on Wednesday, Wednesday, oh. yes, Wednesday, of oh, course, yeah. will be Zero Punctuation Day. This Can you week, give people a tidbit, a tidbit on what you're doing? Well, speaking of, speaking of Rogue, I will be discussing Rogue Legacy 2. Rogue Legacy. And of course, doing the usual post CP stream of the game from 1 p.m. Pacific time. And on Thursday, I have a new episode of Extra Punctuation hitting YouTube for members. Mm -hmm. Everyone Very else cool. will have to wait till next week. Yep. Bunch of cheapskates. All, all you poors. Yes, um, yeah, and then we should have the. Uh, oh no, <laughs> what were you going to say? You'll like this week's Extra Punctuation. It is on the subject of the Persona series. I've heard of them. I love. I love that series. Incredible. I know you. Incredible do. series. Yeah. Do you really? You bring it up so frequently. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm very easy to predict. Um, yeah, and then we'll have a uh, breakout normal time uh, Wednesday morning. We'll have uh, Casey and I will be finishing the first Metal Gear Solid, uh, hopefully in theory on Thursday, and then Friday. So are you going to go? Are you going to go through the rest of those? We're going to go through one, two, and three we've committed to. okay so um that's kind of after three it uh it kind of like loses rails a little bit and, and goes off the rails and and four yeah. is much more watching than playing and five is just big like that's yeah i too think long the whole yeah the whole metal gear season would be like three times as long if you were doing all the games after three 
Yeah, and especially if you did Peace Walker and all yeah. that. So yeah, we're just going to do uh, one, two, and three. And then uh, Friday, I think, in theory, Nick's going to be back, and so him and Amy will be back for Gears, but um, no promises. It's possible Nick will be jet-lagged. I'm just Who knows? Uh, bobbing Toffee's head back and forth along the bottom of my webcam. Aww. He's, Aww. Uh, he is literally the most tolerant dog in the world. <laughs> I'm see he how puts up with all of your nonsense. Yeah, I'm gonna see how much you let me get away with. Yeah. No, he's loving this. Oh, perfect. Look at that, look at that tongue coming in and out. Aww. Oh. Oh. What was that noise? Oh, he's starting to feel it. He's starting to say he's <laughs> had enough. <laughs> well, now he looks too cozy. He's going to expect me to do this all day. It'd be really funny if someone clicked on this video, having never watched it before, and thinking that they were going to see people talking about video game controllers, and then they come into you torturing your dog, and your dog making a noise like, I don't want to be here anymore. Instead, they would see a very happy, lovely dog and go, I should watch this more often so that I can enjoy this very happy, lovely dog. Absolutely. Well, I guess I'll say goodbye then. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for watching, for donating, for hanging out. You were wonderful. Toffee's running away. Bye. Bye, all. <laughs>